You are listening to Jai Long, and this is Make Your Break, episode number 42. Let's be honest, guys. Let's have some real talk right now. It has been a hard year so far, 2020. I don't usually say things like this because I'm very positive, but it's been hard for me for sure in the sense of, you know, like businesses business has been hit so hard from the Australian bushfires and then the COVID-19 and trying to navigate through things like that. And then obviously there is a bit of a recession looming over the top of us and there's some uncertainty and things like that. And right now we've got the Black Lives Movement happening and that's happening on top of everything else as well. And, you know, it's such an important conversation to have and for us to listen and to learn and to, you know, make make the change that needs to happen. I think it's really important. So sometimes I think in business, there are other things that are more important than us, you know, marketing and advertising and, and putting our agenda forward. And I think right now is one of those times like we need to allow the space for the voices that need to be heard more than what our voices need to be heard in a sense of, you know, our businesses and our products and our services and, and all those type of things. But, um, I know this is not good enough, but my heart does go out to all the people around the world right now in different communities that are really suffering. Um, there is so many different things happening and it is it is a hard time for everybody on on all sides, I think. But it's important to have these conversations. It's important to understand these things. And on um, our own level, you know, if you do have an audience or if you've got a business, like you have a bit of a platform to help make change when you're passionate about something as well. And, you know, things that are happening right now, it's like the perfect time to use your business for good. Because I'm a big believer in business and sometimes sometimes we don't use it for good. And a lot of the times like capitalism can be seen as a nasty thing and, you know, it's all a money-making machine, but it can be it can be used for really good things as well, making change. Power is always where the money is. And if you can change, you know, what you're supporting, who you're supporting, like things like that, it changes the power. So I just want to leave that at that. But I just wanted to acknowledge what's happening around the world right now. And also just say like, guys, you know, I'm struggling right now as well as so many people with finding motivation and, and you know, it's it can be so normal. I guess like nothing nothing is normal right now, but it can be so, oh, I don't know what the word is, like it can be kicked down so many times. And I think if you really want success in no matter what it is, no matter if it's you protesting, no matter if it's you of your business, no matter what it is, it's like that last bit of persistence. Like when it gets hard and then you get up and you keep going, like that's where the success, that's where the change happens, that's where all the things, that's where the good things, you know, that people wish for and hope for. It's always hard. It's never easy. So today um, I want to bring you another packed interview and um, I want to do this over the next few months as well with, you know, bringing people on that I admire their work. I love their work and their point of view and their opinion and all those things. And today I've got someone from Kansas and her name's Kaylee and she's talking on the podcast all about things. We're having a bit of a deep conversation about things around curating, um, breaking creative rules, and also who makes those rules, you know, that we have to break all the time on, and the rules that we abide by for some reason that kind of keeps us stuck, you know, as creatives. Um, so we dive into a lot, of that, a lot of that stuff. So if you're a photographer, especially if you're a wedding photographer today, you're in for a treat. Kaylee, her business is called Kaylee from Kansas. And if you haven't checked her stuff out yet, she is absolutely incredible. Her, the way she curates her work, the way that she shoots her work, the way that she, you know, uses different angles. Um, I absolutely love her approach to everything. And you know, if you've ever seen my work, I'm very quiet and intimate and romantic and things like that in my photography. And I see that in her work, and so that's why I like really fall in love with her stuff. And that's why I'm really excited to have her on the podcast today. So before we dive in, I want to tell you a little bit about what I've been working on with the team. Because, you know, even though it has been hard times and stuff, like we have been getting up early and we've been pushing through and we have been building the six-figure business map for wedding photographers. And that's a 12-month program for wedding photographers that want to take their business to another level. And it's been so fun so far, like getting into the studio 
learning new skills for us. You know, we're doing videos. I mean, getting in experts in the field. We just did a video today on Google ads. Um, so good having people coming in and teaching us, you know, their knowledge and I'm sharing it with my community and it's so invaluable because, you know, no longer does someone have to pay for mentoring or a mastermind or a coach or even go to a workshop or sign up to someone, you know, that specializes in something like a service like Facebook ads and things like that. You can have it all in one place and it's something I'm so passionate about and I've been working on for a long time. So the fact that it's just about to come out and it's ready for enrollment, like, you know, it's one of those things where, you got to step back and be proud of the work that you make because it's like, damn, after all this, you finally have, you know, here is the thing that you've been working on and you can finally show the world and, you know, you can feel proud about the stuff that you create and that's what business is all about. So let's not waste any more time. Um, if you do want to know a little bit more about the business map, we have a free workshop happening on the 22nd of June as well. And the business map only launches a couple times a year because we're keeping it very exclusive. So if you want to know more, just head over to my website, jialong.co, or you can head into my direct messages on Instagram as well. Feel free to say hello. I always love listening and hearing and talking to you guys. So if you want to jump into my DMs, my Instagram's just at jialong.co. So let's not waste any more time. Let's dive in and have a chat to Kaylee. So here we are. We've got Kaylee here, Kaylee from Kansas. And we're having a chat to her today about everything to do with her making her break her business, how she curates her work. And if you just haven't seen her work yet, I'm going to link everything to you so you can check it out. But I've been admiring Kaylee's stuff from afar for a long time. I love her aesthetic. I love her work uh, and everything that she produces. So I'm excited to have her on the show. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, really good. I know it's... Thanks um, for having me. Yeah, I know it's sort of tough times right now for everybody, all my friends in the US and everybody's navigating around everything. Yeah, absolutely. Just trying to push forward. Yeah. Um, I'd love to talk to you about how you made your break, actually, because I don't actually really know too much about the starting story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am a documentary wedding and family photographer based in Kansas City, hence the name. <laughs> um, and I first kind of picked up a camera when I was in middle school, just to kind of hold fast to some memories with some friends. And we moved around quite a bit. So I just really wanted to like, you know, freeze those moments and kind of cherish the friendships that I had at that time. And then it just kind of stemmed from there. I kept going and uh, went to college for photography, got a BFA. And then I just kind of jumped into wedding photography based on me shooting a friend's wedding back in college. So my senior year, I photographed a friend's wedding and then it just kind of, I just realized that I love love and photographing two people and their connection was just something I wasn't used to. Cause I used to just shoot film and shoot mostly, you know, landscapes and still lifes and just single models, but I had never really photographed a couple together and just watching their connection and their love and being able to be the person to document that really left me wanting more. And so I just kind of started with weddings from then. Um, and Kaylee from Kansas was actually born in 2011. So I've been shooting since then, but I went completely full-time three years ago. So it's still fairly new, just kind of getting into it. But I am so glad that I took the leap and went full-time because I was working retail before that. So I was working multiple jobs at a time and never let my passion really thrive. So once I was able to, I went and had a lot of support. I know not everybody has, you know, a supportive partner or supportive friends and family, but I luckily did have that. And so they really just told me, you know, I don't know what you're doing. Like you need to be doing this. You're clearly talented. And I finally did it. And so three years ago I started full time and it's been great since then. So yeah, it just kind of grew out of growing up my childhood and just trying to preserve those memories. And then now I kind of photograph a multitude of things, uh, multiple subjects, which I really enjoy. I've never wanted to be inside of a box and I, I'm always wanting a new, fresh perspective. Um, and that has to do with everything from 
you know, lighting conditions to subjects to environments and seasons and all of that. So it's been really, really great. I'm so thankful to be able to do it. So that's so cool. I've got so many questions for you. (laughs) (laughs) I love Um, it. One question, one question I have is, so you went to university to study photography and I can clearly see you're really passionate about photography. You can see that through all your channels. Did, um, did studying photography give you the confidence to start a business or was that something completely different? Definitely completely different. I, I was supposed to minor in business actually, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> and I, yeah, I feel like the business aspect came once I was getting so much interest in the way that I was shooting and you know, word of mouth and referrals and all of that, just kind of doing it not full time. And it got to the point where I was like using all of my weekends off to shoot. Um, so I was, you know, working like 60 hours a week instead of 40. And then it just kind of kept going and going and going. And the response was really beautiful. And I just, I figured why not? Um, and the business aspect really came a lot from my husband, he had owned his own business. He's a designer. So he was able to really help bring that to life and show me the ropes. And like, we hired a CPA immediately and he does all my bookkeeping. And I mean, the business aspect is no joke. I'm, I feel like some people are not ready for that, um, for what's coming when they decide to become a photographer. Um, and there is such a big difference between what I was doing, where it was more of like kind of a side hustle Um, and then shifting into now where it's literally all I do and I'm so passionate about it and I wouldn't want any other job or career. So the business aspect mostly came from just knowing that I was ready to take that plunge and then having support and the resources to make it into what it is now. That's really cool. So you were part-time for, um, five plus years. I just want to know, like, Um, how'd you feel like, why were you holding yourself back or why were you scared to take the leap? Why did it take you so long? Yeah, I, I don't love change. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, I want to be a dreamer. However, I feel like I'm much more of a realist and I was scared to fail and scared that, you know, I had a good thing going where I was like, I have a salary, I have benefits, I have all of this. And if I leave this behind and then I either fail or don't make enough money, then what, am you know, at that point I was like, what am I going to do? I didn't really see a silver lining. However, you know, knowing that I'm making more than my salary, um, that was kind of the moment where I was like, okay, I can do this. But then also I worked for a retail company and it was, in an open outdoor mall. And I loved it. I love the company. However, I was in that store and I would just see people outside walking, you know, walking by the the doors, living their lives. And it made me feel so isolated. I felt like I was like trapped in that box and I just couldn't get out, even though I definitely should have um, left sooner, just knowing where I am now. And had I known in hindsight, having a few more years um, would have been great. But I, I really did feel isolated and it was weird. I was like, this is not what it used to feel like. I used to just do all of those things and be like, I'm going to go shoot on this weekend and then I'm going to work, you know, five days a week and then I'm going to shoot again. And then it just kind of got to the point where I wasn't happy doing what I was doing in retail and serving clients is something I love doing, but not in that way. I, I wanted to serve them by documenting them um, and having them in front of my camera. And as soon as I left, it was just like this crazy eye-opening journey of being able to hop on a plane when I wanted and open my books up for multiple things and have weekday shoots and, you know, dabble in different types of photography. So that's even where that whole thing started, where I'm shooting like multiple types of subjects and, you know, subject matter in general, which is really nice. Totally. So can you tell me, can you take me back to the day that you decided to quit and everything? Because I remember this day for myself so vividly. Um, The day that you quit and you woke up the next day, like, how did you feel? Like, I'm guessing you would have had like mixed emotions, but you would have been pretty excited. For sure. I 
I mean, I remember the day that I told my manager, I was the assistant manager, so I was only a step under her. Um, and I just knew I was like, I, my end goal is not being where you're at. Um, I knew that and she knew that. And so that was kind of another reason why it was kind of an easy thing. But, um, I cried to her during my review, like my annual review, like, I don't think this is going to keep going. And, you know, the next day I woke up and I was, I did feel a weight lifted. I did. I felt very much like free and light, but I also was a little nervous, you know, because it was the end to such a bittersweet, like seven years of retail. Um, but again, I was shooting during that time, that whole seven years. So it wasn't like this was just a new fresh thing necessarily. Um, so I knew I had the skill and the talent and the knowledge at that point to really step it up and actually create a business. But I had no idea what was to come when it, you know, everything that I would have to do. I had a few things kind of listed out where I was like, okay, I can get all these knocked out. But there are other things that happen that you're just not prepared for. And, um, but you know, it's been good. I like a good challenge. So it's, it's been great. Yeah. You know, it, it takes a lot of courage because courage is like, in, you know, you're scared of it and you know the risks, but you do it anyway in despite of, of, of the, you know, of the risks. Um, I definitely remember my day. It was, um, I quit my job. I didn't have anything, but I think, you know, I woke up and I was a little bit scared for the first 10 minutes, but then I was just so excited. And I think sometimes, excitement can can outweigh the fear and then from there you can get up and go For you sure. know but that's like my personality yeah i love that yeah yeah i feel like fear gets in the way 100% i feel like if you don't take risks you're not going to be rewarded um so i do think the risk was 100% worth it and you know on a monetary standpoint it's beyond what i was making in retail and and something i never even thought i could do um, having a six figure business. So it's kind of crazy to like, even think, I feel like that's a whole different lifetime when I was like in that store helping customers. And like, you know, I, I met some best friends that way. I met a lot of great people and, you know, but I was also taking that store and, and kind of, I was too passionate about something that wasn't mine. Mm. And that's when I also knew I was like, I should not be putting this much energy into a business that's not even mine. It didn't come from my brain. I didn't, you know, it's just not mine. So I knew that I could do that and I could have that mentality for my own business. So that was another thing where I was like, I am strong enough and passionate enough and I don't see how I can't become successful solely based on the fact that I'm a very, very driven person. Mm, It's so good to know that stuff because like for myself, I have always been, um, I guess like an employer or a boss in a sense of like, even when I worked for people, I would quickly become the manager and I would like delegate tasks, but I would, I would treat the business like it was my own business always, you know, I would make sure I was like completely looking after it, always getting it results. And then I'm like, man, I put so much effort into this. Like, why don't I just start my own thing? Because if I'm that driven, like surely I can just do that. Right. It's funny you talk about delegating. I, I used to have to delegate Mm -hmm. a lot at work and I am a control freak. And so I would, I'm good at training. However, I'm more so like, I know I can do this the way that I, you know, know it should be done. And so I I would rather just do it myself, which, you know, being your own boss, that's, that's your job. So it's actually pretty easy at this point, because I don't have an associate photographer or anything right now. Um, I don't shoot enough weddings to have one. And so it's nice just being your own boss and being able to, you know, take, if you make a mistake, it's, you know, it's on you. So, yeah, I really believe in that. I actually, um, you said that you're a control freak and I really love that. Um, I want to like actually talk a little bit about that a little bit, a little bit more because I think a lot of people don't realize a lot of entrepreneurs are hard to work with because they can be control freaks. They can, um, have a really strong vision, really strong opinion and things like that. And that's why they end up being successful in what they do. But when they work for someone else, 
um, it can be hard because maybe you're not so much of a team player or you're not as passive. And I think when I think about like control freaks, for example, I think of um, in the in the art world, I think of people like Wes Anderson. So with Wes Anderson, the director, a lot of people say that um, he's hard to work with. It's you know it's hard because he's got a vision and you have to hit that vision 100% and he's not leaning on anything. But the result is he's Wes Anderson and he creates his own style and it yeah. blows people's minds and they don't know how someone got there. But the way they got there is they have a vision and they know, you know, exactly what they need to do to execute that vision and they don't compromise for anyone or for anything, no matter how they look. And so one thing that I'm really drawn to your work is how much and how beautifully you curate your work and you have your brand and your voice through everything. It doesn't matter if it's family portraits, it's weddings, how you post on Instagram, it's your website, like everything. And I see the vision. I see um, that you have a clear idea of, you know, it's your thoughts, your opinions, your style, like all those things are all into the one thing. It's easy to read into. So my question is, how much do you believe um, having a vision like that helps with, you know, curating your brand and how much, yeah, basically that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the compliment too. Um, <laughs> I, I believe it's super, super important to know who you are and why you're doing photography and what made you pick up a camera. I think that's kind of step one is to figure out your why, which I know we hear all the time now. Um, but I, Yann Palmer is a huge inspiration for me. She's a family photographer who mostly yeah, shoots film. Her. I'm sure everybody knows her. Uh, she, she's amazing. She, um, you know, I did go to a workshop of hers five or six years ago now. Um, and she does talk a lot about that, about finding your why, um, and your voice. And that's something that was embedded in me. And I really tried to figure out what that was. Um, and we also did an exercise where she had us pick 10 photographs. And so now I implemented a little bit into my own mentorships where they pick five photographs and then five that are their own versus five that someone else took that they love and figuring out how you can propel yourself to get to that point. And it's not a comparison game. It's more Bridging of like, you know, what are, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are they doing that I'm not doing? And so I think that that really helped. And I figured out that, um, you know, I asked myself what's kind of a consistent presence in my work. And I asked that to a lot of my mentees as well. Um, and for me, you know, five years ago, I figured out I loved hands a lot. Like a lot of my work showed, you know, hands, you know, multiple ways and with multiple subjects. So, you know, everything from a motherhood session to a lover's session, and I realized a lot of that is because I love connection and I love how people, you know, intertwine and their limbs get all like, you know, curvy and, and mixed up. And I just loved that. So I think the human connection aspect and the storytelling aspect um, are at the core of my work. I feel like as soon as I asked myself what was at the core of my work, it was, you know, storytelling, connection, light and perspective. So I think once you figure out what, you, you know, what your why is and what's at the core of your work, I think that'll help you to curate everything. I think knowing that all of those aspects, um, all of those elements are mirrored in everything that I do. So even editorial sessions with models, I mean, I am connecting with them on a different level. I don't want to just have them look pretty. I, I really do try to strip it down and strip down my surroundings and really get into who they really are and get that vulnerability out. And I think, you know, there's so many aspects that go into curation and kind of figuring out why you're doing something. Um, and it, it doesn't have to just be like the standard light and, you know, composition and all of that. It can be things like, you know, emotion and vulnerability and connection and, and telling a story. So I think those really hopefully come out in all of, you know, my work. And I feel like as soon as you're focusing just on that and not maybe the environment and not what your clients look like and not what your clients are wearing, um, that's just all a bonus for me. And granted, I do help them style when they ask me. 
So, I mean, that's something I love, absolutely love to help with. But I think the fact that all of those aspects of photography, all of those elements are, you know, showcased with everything that I do really does help. Um, and yeah, I really love getting people com- like, I feel like I'm really good at getting people comfortable. I am. I've learned actually that I'm an extroverted introvert. So I used to think I was extroverted. I sound like I'm extroverted right now, I'm sure. Um, but it's when you figure more out about yourself and you have more life experience and you, you know, you, you're introduced to different personalities and different, the, you know, I ask, couples what their love languages are and what their Enneagram numbers are, because that is something that's like, I feel like crucial in figuring out human connection. I mean, you know, my husband and I are completely different spectrums of the Enneagram and we just work. Um, and knowing what people's love languages are and if it is physical touch, that's something that you're going to see in a session. That's something that you should capitalize on because that's something that, you know, that's how they show love or that's how they receive love. And it's just, really nice to watch. Um, and I feel like I observe a lot. I feel like I'm definitely a a quiet observer. (laughs) So a lot of my sessions are pretty much very slow paced, very fluid. I definitely don't try to be anything I'm not. I think that's something that's being talked about a lot. And I've been asked to talk about too, is, you know, owning your personality and, and you don't have to be this obnoxious, loud character in front of your clients. Um, if that's not you, if you love to get, you know, if you love happy and happy moments and joyous moments, and that's what your core is, and that's what you want to evoke in all of your work. That's awesome. I'm here for like the quiet, still moments, the vulnerability, the storytelling, but I also love to showcase perspective. I think perspective can change an entire frame, a mindset, a whole like, story. So perspective is something I really have grown to love in the last even like year. So I think positioning myself to when I'm shooting, that's not a, a norm. That's not like you're on the same eye level with your client the entire shoot. I'm on the ground. I'm up above. I'm shooting. You know, I'm having them lay down. I'm doing all kinds of things to make it more, you know, unique, but still also, you know, bringing out their own personalities. This is a very long one today. But um, I think just figuring out what's at the core of your work will help in your curation. I I do care how my feed looks. I'm not going to say I don't um, when it comes to Instagram. However, I'm, I'm not just like cherry picking photos that have that core value. I I definitely feel like my entire session shows that. But I I feel like anyone can shoot certain types of scenes or environments, you know? So I just want to push myself. I want to push my clients. I want to push the boundaries. Um whether that's, you know, what environment we are in or the perspective like I mentioned or making them, you know, be slow and still because they're as terrified as you think they are. And I feel like I don't want to, I don't want to make them feel more awkward and I don't want to talk their head off um, just to make sure that they aren't awkward. I feel like they might end up not liking that you're talking too much. So I think just really trying to gauge who your client is um, and, you know, let the shoot kind of evolve how it it's going to. I don't go in with any expectations anymore, which kind of freaks people out when I say that. But I know that I know how to work a camera. I know that, you know, I'm going to give them what they expect. You know, they hopefully are hiring me because of all the things I've mentioned in this interview. Um, and so I can only hope that they trust me enough to do my thing. And it, it's a collaboration between myself and the couple or the client. And I tell them that in my welcome guide. Um, and I think part of side note, part of curating too, is knowing your client, knowing who you are and your why and your shooting style and all of these things. You don't want them to just hire you because you can take pretty photos. So I think your ideal client isn't what they look like or what they sound like or what they do. I think it's more that they know who you are and they're hiring you because 
of your core values <laughs> and what's, you know, what it's like to work with you and your, their experience with you. So when I say ideal client, it's definitely not what some people picture. It's more so like, you know, why do you guys want to work with me and how can I better serve you? Yeah. We've got, we've got so much to talk about right now. <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm so sorry. I feel like some of these are really long-winded, but you can still. No, no, it's really good. Um, I want to touch on one thing that you were saying, like, you know, your why. Um, I have obviously talked at a lot of workshops and with a lot of people. So I see a lot of workshops, with a lot of people teaching know your why, and I really believe in it for sure. Um, but one thing that I've learned as I have kind of, I guess, like leveled myself up because you kind of get to us, you know, before, as you go through layers, as you grow, um, before you know your why, you're at a layer and then you then you work out your why and that pushes you right up because you start understanding the work you want to create and all that kind of stuff. And what I have, um, what I've realized lately, which has really taken me to another level is knowing who yourself is. And that is huge because what you just said before is you're an introvert, extrovert. Um, and I'm exactly the same. Like I'm in, I'm mostly an introvert and I like to just keep quiet and listen and things like that. But I'm also really confident. Like I'm an introvert that's extremely confident. So that, <laughs> we're the same. Yeah, and that, and it's so different because a lot of people think like you have to be extrovert to be confident, or if you are confident, you have to, you know, you can't be an introvert. But the, I think I guess the difference is like I like to just keep myself, you know, listening and observing and things like that. But I also like to take control of a situation, like in a shoot or whatever it is. But bringing it back to business. Um, not just shooting. Like if you know yourself and you're in line with your true self, you can be so free because you can start doing everything that um, best serves you and your business, including things like what time you wake up in the morning, whether you set an alarm or you don't set an alarm, whether you decide to do a podcast interview or you're not doing a podcast interview, whether like there's so many things. And when you align yourself with doing the right things that make you happy and playing your strengths, it's like takes you to a whole nother level because all of a sudden you're no longer trying to please other people. You're no longer trying to fake something or, you know, and, it, and then you'll, you'll see it in your work as well because you're portraying the message that you want to um, capture or you're bringing, you're able to uh, make people feel really comfortable and bring out the emotion that they're showing because you are so confident in yourself, you know? For sure. I love that you said that. I, I definitely feel like I am confident um, I, not only because of the experience I've, that I've had and the people that I've met and how, how many people have been, you know, behind my lens, you know, a ton, a ton mm -hmm. of different people and all the stories that I've heard and that I've gotten to be a part of and the places that I've gone. I mean, there's so many aspects that, you know, help you realize who you are and, and what's important. And, you know, like you said, you can choose your time is everything time and your energy. Like my energy is definitely not as great as it used to be. And it, you know, it's, I feel like for me shooting only 20 to 25 weddings a year, that's mostly because I shoot so many different subjects, but also because I want to give my full energy to these couples that hire me. I don't have enough energy to exert to 40, 40 couples doing weddings. Um, and so I do feel like confidence is, is, you know, you, you don't have to be extroverted though, to be confident for sure. I think that that's a good point that you made. Um, and I did want to add one more thing on to like curation too, is, you know, you do not have to show all of the emotions and all of the certain types of shoots that to be successful. Like for me, I mostly shoot quiet moments. Like I said, I, I definitely have those core values, you know, hopefully in those, those photographs that I share, but don't feel like you can't be more than just a wedding photographer or more than just a family photographer. If you're passionate about it and you feel good when you're doing it and you, you don't dread it, um, then that's something you are allowed to pursue. And I feel like for me, when I first photographed a family, I was obviously terrified. I mean, I had never really done it. I was way younger. I didn't, I, I was around some children, but not a ton. So it was a whole new experience. 
but I loved it. I loved the mess of it. I loved the, how it was unperfect and imperfect rather. And it was, you know, it was just, they don't know how to, they don't know any better. So they're going to show me their honest selves, no matter what the children. And for me, it's like, I am ready to go. I am, I'm very observant, like I said, and for kids, it's like, you never know what you're going to get. They're brutally honest. They don't care if they have something on their face. Um, and I assure all the moms and the parents, I'm like, it's fine if they do this. It's fine if your house is a mess. It's all fine because it's real life. And a lot of my work is honest. And, and that's part of the honesty aspect of it is like, I don't care that your your one room is messy or the bed isn't made or whatever the case. I mean, that's, I want to walk in and it be like, a typical day for you, minus maybe what you're wearing. But, um, you know, I just want it to be honest. And I feel like some people do ask me, like, how do you how do you shoot all of these different things? And how do you get away with doing, you know, multiple aspects of photography? And it's like, who's telling me I can't do that? You know, like, no one's telling me what to do. I'm my own person. And I, I, again, like to photograph people in general, like, not just people in love, but just human beings. I love watching them. I love discovering who they are. Um, it's fascinating. I feel like everyone's so different. And in turn, like learning about other people, it comes back on you and you're like, oh, I learned all of these things. I learned how how they met or how they grew up. And it, it does help shape who I am and like what's important to me and, you know, telling their story and the most honest, authentic way possible hey kaylee who who's making all these rules that we have to abide by (laughs) i have no idea (laughs) i know no one ever does if i ask that question to everybody but everybody abides by the rules i guess yeah (laughs) i mean you're limiting yourself by questioning why you can't do something it's it's a comparison thing i think i think it's it's fear is probably number one um fear of messing up another type of photography or another subject or the fear of not getting what you think you need to be getting. I think going into something and, and having this, this shot list in your head or Pinterest ideas in your head or um, doing the same poses with every single couple, I think you should throw that out the window and just allow it to just be like, be natural and, and, your job is to discover who they are. It's not to do the same poses over and over. I think for me, that's why I say it's a collaboration between me and the couple, because if they don't show up, I can't make magic with them. Like we have to like meet each other in the middle. Um, and to get them to the point where they do feel like sharing that with me, or they do feel vulnerable or comfortable or what have you is about the experience and about prepping and about playing music and just like, exploring a new place. I think taking a couple to a place they've never been is only going to benefit the both of you because they're actually seeing it for the first time. And so are you. And so it's like, you know, we don't have to prompt them to do something because they're naturally looking at this place. You know, it's, it's so much easier when you go somewhere, even in your own home state, it doesn't have to be like international by any means, but I think when you take them somewhere nostalgic to them or somewhere that they've never been, those are kind of my two goals when it comes to locations and scouting. And, you know, cause if it's nostalgic, they're going to be comfortable from the get go because they've been there, they've made memories there. Um, and if it's new, then you don't have to tell them <laughs> pretty much anything. They're just kind of there, like taking it all in just as you are. And I think being ready for those moments, like, putting your camera down and having a conversation face to face with them instead of like being up here with your camera, you know, and asking them a direct question and expecting a genuine result when your camera is Mm. covering your face. So they're talking to your camera, you know what I mean? So I've learned to like put my camera down at my waist and either sit cross-legged in front of them or be on the same level and just have a conversation with them. It doesn't even have to be prompted questions like, how did he propose or whatever? It could just be like, what did you guys do yesterday? Where are you from? How did you grow up? How are your parents? Whatever, you know, um, and just allowing them to That's get comfortable. So true. I and, think a lot of, you know, not enough people just have fun. 
Like people take this stuff so seriously. Like why? Yeah. And when people take it seriously, like with me, or even if my clients take it serious, I'm like, why are we so serious right now? Like why is taking some, a photo, yeah, why is taking a photo that, yeah. or doing a photo shoot <laughs> a serious thing? Like this doesn't have to be serious, you know? Yeah. And it's not like they have to get a hundred frames totally. that are beautiful or like perfect. There's no, like, there's no, there are no mm -hmm. rules period, but when it comes to everything, but also like how many photos you totally. deliver or, you know, and, and I think a big part of that is you want couples that aren't taking it that seriously either. It's almost like you want to assure them that this is like a special time in their life or a season of life that they should be celebrating. It shouldn't be some like stressful thing where they're like, where do I put my hands and why is she a stranger? And like, you know, I totally agree. I, th I think I have so many clients that like come, come in, especially from overseas and they, and they want to get some photos done in Melbourne. And they like the questions they will ask is like, how many photos do we get? And what, how many locations are we going to go to? And what are we going to do? And like, I'm always like, nah, it doesn't really matter. We're just going to have some fun. And then when we go and take the photos, like, you know, as soon as they feel a little bit uncomfortable with the camera and I'm like, don't worry about the photos. Like, seriously, I'm good with my camera. I can take photos all day long and they're going to be amazing. Let's just go down and have some fun because then they kind of loosen up. It's no longer about the camera. And then we can have a talk about the flight over or whatever we did. And then I always know the last five to 10 right. minutes of my shoot is always like, I could just deliver that and then just like get rid of the, the other <laughs> hour, you know? <laughs> It's funny you said that because I always talk about how the first at least like I usually shoot for like 90 minutes to two hours and the first 30 minutes is like a wash. You might as well just I mean, it's like a test run of like getting them used to me having a camera on their face and also just like getting to know them and how they interact. I think like the first little bit when you can see how they're being around each other and if they're touchy or if they're more reserved or if they're playful or whatever, I think they can tell you all of those things in emails, but I think I'm such a visual person. So I think actually seeing them interact, um, is so key. And I agree the last 10 minutes is like, it's always just amazing. Cause, and also when they think that they're done, they always do this crazy thing. And I'm like, why were you doing that the whole time? Um, but I also am, I'm ready for it. It's, I mean, one of my favorite photos I've ever shot happened in one of those moments last year where we were done and they had a bowler. It was for a workshop and he forgot his coat and he turned and was walking into the bowler. And he like, as he opened the door, I shot it and she was turned looking at him from the back. And it was like this magical moment and I didn't even have to prompt it. And I also that's a normal thing for someone to do is go back into their trailer and get their coat or, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, let's stand in front of the bowler and smile. It was just one of those moments. So I was so happy that I had my camera on <laughs> and wasn't like, okay, we're done. Turn around. I, uh, even like little tiny things, like sometimes I'll take someone to a, a nice location when I come into Melbourne and it's beautiful. And then instead of getting them like to pose and stuff, I'll go like, how nice is the location? And then I'll spend some time just looking around. But really, I'm just like kind of peeking to see what they're doing because now they're being themselves. They're actually loving it. And then I can just like from afar, turn around, start getting the photos and getting closer and closer. For sure. Yeah. Building that intimacy up too is key. I feel like for me, it's, it's definitely starting off like more of an explorative thing, very wide angle. Um, and then I build and build and build until I'm like six inches from your face instead of starting there. I think a lot of photographers start by like saying like, Hey, let's have her sit on your lap. And then I'm going to get right in front of you. And that's the first five minutes. I'm like, no, no, we got to slow it down. <laughs> I got to pull it back. Um, so I think no, and that's not my style in general. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever really done it. Um, so again, if that makes you as a photographer feel weird or like you just are doing it because you know that that's a, a prompt that exists in the world, then that means you probably shouldn't be doing it. You know, just be yourself. I don't know. Just be yourself. Um, just going back to um, just going back to curating, uh, you said a few really interesting things. I made some notes here. One was like you don't just grab photos to curate to make your feed look good, but then you said you kind of do. Um, and deep down we all, we all do, but there is a difference sometimes because sometimes people aesthetically just look for 
um, they're like, oh, this one's going to be great for the feed and people are going to like it. I know that. So there's that type of curation. But then there's a type of curation, what you were talking about before was, and this is what I like to do, is how does this make people feel? So mm-hmm. with, with this image and like my brand, like um, if I put this out, like will it cause, will it evoke an emotion? Will it cause a reaction? Like how does it actually make someone feel? And then when I'm looking at it, like it might not be my best photo. It might not be the most glamorous photo or, you know, all of the one that's going to get the most likes, but I know deep down, like this is how I curate my feed and I continue to do that. And I think it's like really important to know how you curate your images. And I know for yourself, like, you know, you know, your why, and that's really important because you see your why in your images before you post them. And then it becomes really easy. It's no longer about like, Oh, the colors and the textures and all the things like deep down. It's like, yeah, but this is in line with why I post why I do. For sure. Uh, I think that a lot of the time it's more so, yeah, about how it makes people feel. And then if it makes them ask questions, So I think those are my top Mm. two things I want people to feel or think when they look at my work. I want them to be like, oh, that's weird. How did she do that? Or that's an interesting pose. Um, Or that's an interesting way of shooting. Or that concept is really cool. But then I also want it to be more of, you know, them feeling something. I want you to kind of stop scrolling for a second and actually question how I made it or what I was thinking or mm. what my creative process was. Cause I get those questions a lot and I, I would rather have that in a million years than have someone jumping into someone else's arms and getting 3000, 4,000 likes. You know what I mean? Totally. And I mean, there are times where I even ask my husband sometimes um, and he knows me by now that he knows what I'm going to post out of like two images, but sometimes you know, sometimes he's like, why didn't you choose that one? And I'm like, well, that's because anybody could choose that. Or other people have shot that. And I want my couple to see themselves in a new, like honest, fresh way rather than something that I can do with any couple. So I think a lot of it is like pushing and I say pushing in a, in a very positive way, but just, you know, pushing my couple to see themselves through my lens in a way that they didn't know existed kind of thing. You know, I, I don't want them to just be smiling or lovey dovey or facing each other really closely. I do want those moments of unexpected, you know, unexpectedness and, you know, those, like we all talk about the in between moments. I think those are really special. Um, and something you mentioned earlier too, is where you were saying, they were asking how many shots and like all of that. I think too, it's funny because, and how you said, don't worry about the photos, which I love. Um, they don't even know what I'm shooting some of the time. I, I tell them, I'm like, I'm not even shooting you guys face on. Like I'm getting your hands. I'm getting your, the way that I'm cropping you in a way that is unique and different. And it's how I'm seeing you. Um, so I deliver actually quite a few photos with my galleries because of those core values, the perspective and the composition alone allow you to give them an actual gallery that isn't expected and is, is different and shows off my, my observant nature and like the way that I see people. Like, I feel like I do see people differently than some, you know? Um, which yeah, I love uh, that. Actually, can I quickly jump in there? Yeah. There's there's actually there's actually one little point that you may have um, that you may have missed about your own work that I really admire. Um, one image that you just posted not too long ago, and it was just like two hands basically. Um, what I, what I love about your images, you said you like to, people to ask questions, and what I actually really love about your work is you allow people to have an imagination. You don't show the whole thing. So like with an image like that, it's like are you taking photos of two hands, or are you just not taking photos of what was actually going on? So now it leaves it to my imagination to build the scene of like what's actually happening there. And I think a lot of people don't do that. They don't do that enough. Like allow someone to use their own imagination to interpret the images that you're creating. And I, and I think for myself, like, um, you know, I talk a lot about like romantic images and things like that, but I think a more romantic image to me is more when I don't know what's happening because then it allows myself as the romantic that I am 
to like fill in the blanks of like, whoa, that's whimsical or they're moving or they're running or they're they like touching or they're cuddling or snuggling. But I'd actually, I don't actually know because I only can see their hand, you know? So I really love that you like allow the viewer to use their imagination. I love that. That makes me happy. I, I agree. That's, that's a really good point. I feel like we do get into the, you know, the zone where we're like, oh, we have to show them their full body or we have to do it a certain way again with the rules. Um, I feel like there are no rules with, you know, composition either. And, and you mentioned Wes Anderson earlier, which he's a huge inspiration for me. I used to pretty much, I was obsessed with symmetry for a while. Um, now I've gotten away from that, but I think that he, you don't even question him because he is a genius. And I think that for me with, with having a vision and being a control freak, I do allow myself to collaborate. So I think I want to make sure I get that point across of like collaboration with my couples and with other vendors and friends and other, you know, that's something that I love doing, but I definitely have trust, major, major trust in these women um, and these other vendors that I work with, not only because we've worked together before, but I feel like I know that they can execute it with me and they don't even question me anymore. Whenever I come up with a concept or an idea and I, I text or call them, there is no question. They're just like, just tell me when and where, um, which makes me feel really happy because they trust me as well. And I think that it's such a beautiful way to make, make work and have no, again, no expectations and just have the freedom to play. I don't think we play enough as photographers. And I don't think that just has to be with personal work. I think again, with clients, how you said to have fun, um, because it's, it's supposed to be, yeah, it does not have to be this like stressful thing and, and you shouldn't be doing it because, you know, your family says to do it again with traditions and weddings in general. It's like, I really try to ask my couples, like, why, you know, is this what you want? Or what does this mean to you? Like, what is your wedding vision and all of these things? Cause I'm like, I want to help bring this to life as much as I can, you know? So I think with rules, you definitely should just throw them out. I think that again, telling such a narrative with just a certain aspect of a frame, like you don't always have to fill a frame. You don't always have to shoot a landscape wide. You don't always have to do all of that stuff. Like it's like have fun and just experiment and, you know, obviously give them frames that they expect and want, but I think they should hopefully trust you enough to allow you to play, you know, and get weird and try a different perspective. Um, I think it'll just be refreshing to all of you. I don't think they're, they're going to be like, why did she do this? Um, I think, and a lot of times, even with like a slow shutter, like those are sometimes my client's favorite photos from a wedding, you know, like the last 10 minutes, a couple portraits, I do kind of the same thing you and I talked about where I just play and I tell them like these last 10 minutes, we're just going to like experiment and do something wild. And, um, and then I definitely do some stuff with maybe a double exposure or blue hour or, a, you know, slowing the shutter down and making it more of like a cinematic scene where it's like, maybe they are running away from me and maybe I shoot with the moon and all of those things. And I, they always love them. Um, which is super fun. You know, I'm like, this is different. And I love that you are attracted to it. So, Hey, can I put another spin on rules? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm a big believer. I'm, I'm the number one rule breaker. Like I, I just, I, you know, I, I barely went to school. I, um, you know, it. I grew up in like the projects, like I'm, I'm like the definition of rule breaking, but I think with creativity, sometimes, um, I do believe you shouldn't follow other people's rules, but sometimes I think you should make your own rules. So like with Wes Anderson, like, like you said, symmetry, things like that, he has his own rules, but it means he can be so creative because he put himself in such a tight box that he doesn't have all the colors of the rainbow. He doesn't have, you know, like every single set, every single right color palette every single lens like whatever it is so if you have some rules to restrict yourself as well that's a good um, and if they're different change yeah change them up all the time um like like you said you've got a rule 10 minutes party time at the end to get some really cool creative photos like that can be a rule for you um 
and you know that it's coming and you know you get to play and it brings you a little bit of excitement, but it also means you've got less time for other things as well um, and it kind of restricts you a little bit. So for myself, like I've been shooting the same lenses, the same cameras since, you know, started everything and um, like one of my rules is I just I don't really buy new gear and I don't, yeah, I, I have so many rules for myself because the more that I restrict myself into a situation where I have to fight my way out of, like I have to be really creative because I've got no other option, the more I actually create really creative stuff because there is nothing else for me to play with. Right. That's a really good point. I I love that. I feel like one thing for me, um, speaking of that, is I definitely love to strip down my surroundings and just shoot very minimally with little to no props or distractions or scenery involved. Um, and now I have a sunroom, which is really nice. So I've been able to do it in there, which is great. But I think that it just makes me so happy to challenge myself and the couple because I'm like, here we are, we're in a box, a literal box, a white box. Um, and it's just you two and, and me. And it's, there is nothing around us really. I mean, maybe like one thing, but um, it's really exciting to see what can happen with just two people in love and then me and just nothing around us. Um, and again, with the rules, I do feel like you should at least, yes, have some things in place that you love and that makes sense for your brand. And, you know, I'm not, I definitely wouldn't, I mean, even with color is, it was, which is something so, you know, I am not a big color person. I'm, I'm very neutral. All my florals for any project are typically uh, neutral. So for me to branch out of that, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a damn good vision. <laughs> um, unless it's a wedding, of course, where it's not, you know, in my control. But I agree. I definitely don't want to be like, there are no rules. Do whatever you want. Do all of the things. Um, Definitely. I, I do feel like, again, your your values and things that you see in your work that are consistent, um, go back even like, I wouldn't say go back a long time. But I think even in the last two, three years that you've been a photographer, like just look at your favorite images and what is sticking out to you? Like, what do you see first? What does your eye go to? Um, and that's obviously something that you are drawn to. And that maybe is a consistent presence in your work. And that's something that you should grab hold of and make sure that it exists in your work moving forward. Cause I feel like it doesn't even have to be something, like I said, like very generic, like composition. I do feel like I, I do, I do see composition very well. Um, not everybody does. And it's something I'm super happy with. And that is, important to me, but it could be, yeah, it could be something so little. Um, and I think knowing, can I tell you, can I tell you who I was really inspired by when I first started photography and I still am. Um, there's a, an American blues player called Jack White and he was from the white stripes. I don't know if you've heard of him with white stripes. Um, it was him and Meg. So it was his wife and, um, they got an interview on YouTube. I watched it a long time ago and they're talking about how, uh, with creativity, they set themselves so many rules. So there's literally like, it's so hard for him to play a gig that he becomes like really creative. Like he plays guitars that are broken. He has to like, you know, have his keyboard so far away. That he's got to run across the stage to play the next part. And then he's out of breath. And Meg, like she's not good at drums. So things go out of, ch- like out of beat, but then he's got to catch up and, and go faster and slower. And what I love about that, there's never any like set lists and things like that, which I look at that as like, you know, not scouting and things like that. But yeah, when I look at stuff like that, like getting inspired, oh, also with their brand, they only use three colors. Um, I think the same thing, like with, when you said with colors, like I have a big rule with colors, like when I'm looking at the color of a tree, like the color of the greens and things like that, like I'm very drawn to like, that's what I want. And this is what I want. Um, and the more that I restrict myself, the more that I get more confidence as well, because I'm like, I know I can kill it because I already know the little tiny things that I've put in place for myself. But yeah, I think like sometimes getting, getting inspiration from like, uh, outside, outside of photography, I guess. And, um, especially with any kind of 
creative out there and, and seeing how they create their work and their magic? Absolutely. I feel like that's a good point too, where you said like a certain type of green you're attracted to. Um, I do feel that way when it comes to t- certain tones and certain textures and certain like times of day. I think if you put yourself in a situation to have that at your disposal, it, it is just going to make you more confident, which is really nice. Um, so I definitely try to set myself up for success in that way where I'm like, I love these tones or I want to experiment in my sunroom with just two people wearing all white in a white room. Um, tonality is something that I'm super inspired by. It's been, you know, in my work for the past like year or so where most people would want that pop of color or they would want, you know, something to, distract, I guess, from what they're shooting. And for me, if everyone is tonal and everything, it's, there is no room for error when it comes to connection. So I feel like connection is so key in my work. So it's like, if I'm putting it myself in a position where I'm challenged by having, a, you know, we're in the desert, they're wearing desert tones, neutral tones, Um, then all I really have is their connection. I don't have like a waterfall or like, Mm. you know, a a mountain or whatever to make the scene more grand or make it even more beautiful. It's literally just about them. So I think that's been really cool to, um, to do. And I think that getting inspiration outside of photography is definitely key. I think, you know, whether it is old films or, or TV shows or artists or musicians. Um, I think that's really cool. I didn't even know that about them. So I love that you said that I, they're very talented. I love the white stripes. Um, and that's, that is a really cool story, especially sticking with colors, like only three colors. I think that's really cool. And there's nothing wrong with creating many challenges for yourself too. Like Jacob Lofman just did that imagination series where he, did all of these challenges during quarantine. And it was really cool to watch, um, you know, shooting through shooting in a bathroom, shooting through, um, a window, like shooting outside of your house within a certain vicinity. I think that's really cool to challenge yourself by limiting your resources and seeing what you can come up with, um, without knowing what's like, kind of going away from what we were talking about with knowing certain aspects of your environment or your subject that you are used to and are attracted to. I think it's, it can sometimes be really fun and experimental to challenge yourself to maybe just shoot in like a garage or like what, I mean, it could be anything um, to kind of push your creativity a little bit. So totally. It sounds like that you restrict the things that are not important to emphasize the really important for things sure. for yourself, Absolutely. which I, re- I really love. Hey, so I know that you do um, some mentoring, things like that. I want to know where my listeners can connect with you, um, if they can book a mentoring session with you, if they can DM you. Like, uh, yeah, how can, how can people so, say hi? Yes, I do mentorships. So I do one-on-one mentorships in person, and then I do virtual mentorships. Um, they are on my website underneath info, so they can go there. Um, and then I am all about, yeah, I can answer any DMs that you want to send about anything. I'm always wanting to help. Um, mentorships are really, really special. I love having one-on-one time with another photographer or artist. I think it's really you know, it does help me kind of break things down and give them individualized attention. And with my one-on-ones, we plan like an entire live shoot, which is really cool. And I make it really like more so conceptual. Um, so that's been really successful and I, I really enjoy it. I do love education. So as of now, those are it. I am working on a workshop, um, says everyone. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying to make it very intimate and, and different. So that's hopefully going to be coming soon. We had to put a hold on it. It was actually supposed to be this month, Um, but I think it might be in in the fall. So keep a lookout for that too. And we can find all that on your website. Yes, absolutely. So thank you, Kaylee. Thank you for giving us your time to, you know, chat on the podcast and giving so much knowledge out to all my listeners and stuff. And I know I can say thank you from behalf of all them. They really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. 
Well, that interview was as epic as I thought it would be. There's so much value there. I could talk to Kaylee for so long. And I just want to take this second to say a huge thank you for Kaylee just giving us so much time for myself and for the audience as well. Um, You know, it's pretty rare that you get that. And it was, you know, so unscripted and so raw and real. And she just gave us so much value. So thank you so much. If you want to check out her stuff, go over to the show notes just underneath here on the Apple Podcast app or on Spotify. And you'll be able to click straight onto her Instagram and you could DM her and say hello. Other than that, guys, you've been listening to Jai Long. I'm sending out my love to everybody that's out there at the moment, going through all the things that life throws towards us. And um, I'll talk to you guys next week. Spread the love and create opportunities for the people around you. Make Your Break is brought to you by Jai Long and produced at our in-house studio, Free the Bird Productions. We love creating opportunities for you and hope you'll share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more information on this podcast, our online courses, products, workshops, or just want to say hi, we're here for you at jilong.co.